Hey everybody, welcome back. I'm Brandon Tracy and welcome back to the Authentic Agent Podcast where we have honest and authentic conversations about all things real estate and business. Wherever you are, thank you for dedicating a portion of your day to the Authentic Agent Podcast. Uh, before we get to our guest today, I just want to thank our sponsor, Magnus Title. Thank you, uh, Angela Kiernan and Magnus. Uh, reach out to Angela and schedule a time to talk with her. She's pure hustle and her team values client service and elite level professional communication. You and your clients will love them and you will certainly feel Angela's impact on your business. I know we do on a daily, weekly, and monthly basis. Angela's been a key partner in one of our businesses, BTG Real Estate. Mm -hmm. um, and that being said, we're welcoming back Kyle Bates, the CEO of BTG Real Estate, back to the Authentic Agent Podcast. Welcome back, my man. Thanks, man. You're really nailing that intro. Right? I'm impressed. Oh, I'm impressed. I, see, what I do is I read it. Oh, <laughs> I'm impressed you can read. So. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. So um, today we're going to be talking about communication, and we've actually done a podcast on communication before, but yeah. today I want to talk about specifically goal-focused communication. Okay. Like, and, and what I mean by that, if, if you're listening, so what the heck is that? Communication is communication. Well, it's about being committed to the communication necessary to achieve a goal and avoiding all of the pitfalls and the nuances and the emotion that can try and penetrate that communication, throw it off, you know, off track yeah. and ultimately disrupt the idea of actually reaching a goal or collaborating with a group and creating synergy towards a goal. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, you and I have this conversation a lot about what, what being a good communicator is. So we figured we'd bring it to the podcast. Yeah. Um, and, and just talk through it a little bit. So goal focused orientation. It's not forecast. Forecast. Focus. Yeah, First works. podcast back yeah. since having my, my newborn. So congratulations. Again. <laughs> yeah. The idea that your communication pattern is committed to guiding the client, um, or a cross agent or a business partner or partner or a collaborative group towards a common goal. Mm -hmm. Um, while also understanding that during that communication, you'll be challenged by their emotional responses, uh, egos, doubt, and a lack of understanding or buy-in yeah. or even mistrust. And I think what we talk about, and if you're leading others, leading leaders, especially, um, always keeping communication on track to achieve the goal can be a tough thing. Absolutely. And um, just to kind of spin off a little bit about what you just said there, I think it's really important to point out that positive and good communication is a lot different than manipulation. Mm -hmm. um, or sales. Or sales, mm -hmm. which I think, unfortunately, when people get started in, in any sales type industry, um, they start focusing on trainings or or gurus or people on YouTube that just post videos up and tell you what they do and how they're successful. Unfortunately, a lot of that can be manipulation. And a lot of people think that's why they don't want to communicate properly. Mm -hmm. This is why I'm, I, I don't want to be like that. I'm just going to email people. I'm just going to Facebook message them. I don't want to call them because I don't want to be manipulative. I don't right. want to be that salesperson. I don't want to be selling vacuum cleaners or whatever it, it, it is um, that gets caught in their head. Yeah. We hear this all the time. I don't want to, I don't want to sound salesy. Mm -hmm. Right. And you're absolutely spot on when you say, yeah, a lot of people think that they're supposed to communicate a specific way. Like there's a script or an objection handle or you got to be like the guy from Wolf of Wall Street and just be overpowering people and mani yeah. manipulate them. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and, and that's that's a tough thing because people think that's what communication is in our industry is just, you know, that that scripted part of things. And it's not. Um, what we want to tie it to today is is 
is really valuing the idea of communication in the sense of I set really good expectations, mm-hmm. right? My clients are, are informed, they're educated, they, I have good expectations and I follow through mm-hmm. and I'm willing to do that, yeah. right? And in some cases, people, people just aren't willing to communicate because they're naturally uncomfortable with purposeful communication. Because it's uncomfortable. It is uncomfortable. Yeah. It, it really is. It can be uncomfortable to call a client that's upset or, or call a cross agent that's, you know, just in general, really negative. Mm-hmm. It, it can be a daunting task to do that. You can get caught up in it personally. But, you know, in the end, what you've got to do is volunteer to be the one that's uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And we talk about this all the time. Remaining emotionally neutral. Mm-hmm when you're communicating as a professional. Yeah. Especially in an environment like ours in real estate because this is an emotional business. Yeah, You've got a lot of parties that are invested in the outcome. And, and there's when, a lot of swings up and down. Yeah. The and, whole time. And when things don't go right, um, which in general, real estate is just a, a series of solving problems until mm-hmm. until a closing. Yeah. Um, but when things don't go right, that provokes a lot of emotion. It provokes a lot of emotion in the agents themselves because, you know, let's face it, it shouldn't be this way, but agents are counting their commission checks before they even show up. Sometimes they're spending right? them. Sometimes they're spending them. Yeah. Um, but also, you know, it, it's the emotion of, of the client. Um, the client kind of expects this thing to just be a perfect systematic structure that, that ends in a closing and everybody's happy. Yeah. There's a ton of gray area. We've talked about this on the podcast before. Clients want it to be black and white. Yeah. Agents would love for it to be black and white. Uh, it would be so much easier. But the reality of it is, is everything that we do is in all the shades of gray in between those two things. If everything was black and white, agents wouldn't have a job. That's true. Because then it would just be systematized. There'll be an algorithm yeah. that could that could make it all happen for us. And it'd be way more efficient. Yeah. Yeah. So one of the toughest things here is when things aren't going right, how do you communicate? Um, and we talk about it's super important to leave emotion out of it. Yeah. When and the client's being emotional, the cross agent's being emotional, your job, your fiduciary duty is to remain neutral, mm-hmm. communicate clearly and effectively towards the goal. And the best way to do that is to run at the problem. Yes. The easiest way to get caught in that emotional downfall, the emotional tailspin, is to dwell on it and say, oh, I'll just call him later. I got other stuff to focus on right now. I'm just going to call him later. And then you think about it and you think about it and you think about it and you think about everything go wrong. And then you play out the conversation in your head and they tell you that you're the worst person in the world and you should die and everything's terrible. Yeah. Well, I, we do tell yeah. ourselves stories. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Don't tell me you haven't said that to yourself before. Um, no, but if you don't run at the problem, you're setting yourself up for failure right away. If you just go deal with it, if you get a phone call about a bad appraisal, a phone call about a bad inspection, phone call about a buyer losing their job and your, your seller can't close on their house that they're buying and the contingencies fall apart and everything's a problem. I mean, I'm just naming a few things that have happened in the last month with our team. Because <laughs> <laughs> right. um, they happen. That's they happen part of the so the frequently. Deal. But if you don't just get on the phone and call all parties immediately – you're going to have the worst day. You're going to feel like everything's terrible and you're going to quit. Yeah. Yeah. There's we, no way around it. And this, this conversation, and I know from you, I, I can actually picture multiple things in my head mm-hmm. over the course of the last nine years that I know you're coming from when you say that, that, For sure. that statement. Yeah. But we've been in this before. We've, we've been in business relationships also with other people who just do not run at the problem. The problem exists. Mm-hmm. They bury their head in the sand. They sweep it under the rug. They ignore it because it's going to be so uncomfortable for them to handle. Mm-hmm. But listen, that's part of our job. I yeah. say fiduciary like 
like way too much now. But the idea of fiduciary being, you know, that's your professional <coughs> commitment to the situation. And your job is to handle that. You yeah. are you are the coordinator of communication for your mm -hmm. client and for the people and the parties involved. Yeah. And you've got to go ahead and run at those problems immediately. Yeah. But when you do, it's important that you are direct that you're sincere, mm -hmm. you empathize with the situation, but you do not participate in the highs and lows of emotion, mm -hmm. right? Because emotion provokes more emotion. Emotion provokes an emotional response. And when you start to do that, when you start to participate in the highs of the lows of the situation and the anger, the frustration, mm -hmm. even the even the, the happiness of it, yeah. um, you're getting too far from center. And yeah. what we want to do in our communication from start to finish is obviously we want it to be a positive experience. So mm -hmm. the communication style should be positive start to finish, even when things aren't, aren't going well. Mm -hmm. But it's very, very important that we realize that our jobs is not to participate in the emotion of the process. It is to be an anchor for all that emotion. Yeah. The negative emotion on one side, bring it back to center. The positive yeah. emotion on one side, bring it back to center. It doesn't mean kill the positive emotion. Mm -hmm. It just means try not to over-participate in it so that we can keep everybody focused on moving forward. Because yeah. what we know in real estate is it's not done until it's done. Yeah, yeah. And there's been so many times where I've seen, I've been working with a cross-sale agent and um, or even seen agents that we've worked closely with get way too emotionally involved in a transaction. Mm -hmm. And when they become way too emotionally involved, they're actually the ones that are screwing up the deal. Mm -hmm. When they are overly excited and, and telling them everything's great, if one little thing goes wrong, then it gets tweaked and, and everything falls apart. Vice versa, they're overly negative. Doom and gloom. Yeah, and then something is positive, like all of a sudden everyone feels uneasy and uncomfortable because you're not staying in that emotion. If you stay in the middle, if you stay neutral, uh, you'll always be, like you said, the anchor, and you'll hold it together consistently throughout the whole thing. We're only messengers in this whole thing. Yeah. We're but, facilitating but Kyle, this. I just care so much about my client. Yeah, if you care, then you'll remain neutral. Yeah. And you'll do the best job for them so you can always negotiate properly, so you can always communicate properly, and you can always guide them properly. Yeah. Put them in the best position for them and their families. Caring, caring in our industry is about being a great professional mm -hmm. for your client, yeah. right? A great cross agent, a great steward for our industry and yeah. our businesses. That is the best way that you can care. Absolutely. Right? But most people think, well, I've got to care by showing emotion. When my client's mad, I'm going to be mad too. When my yeah. client's happy, I'm going to be happy too. Like you're just, you're just facilitating the roller coaster ride. Then. Yeah. 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 I mean, think of it like any other profession. Think of a doctor. Like if you went and saw a doctor and, um, they were going to go tell you that you were diagnosed with, with cancer or something terrible wow. and they were super sad and, and crying and everything. How would you take it? You'd, you'd flip out. Mm -hmm. I mean, or vice versa. They tell you some super happy news and you're all excited. Whenever something goes wrong or whenever something changes, all of a sudden you'd feel like your life was falling apart. You right. can't do that. Right. Look at yourself from the eyes of a different profession. We always say that when we talk about actually treating this like a, a job. Like, would you want to go meet your lawyer at the courthouse steps? No. Um, so then you should always meet your clients ahead of time as a realtor. There's certain things like that, but emotion mm -hmm. is the biggest thing. Yeah. Um, to continue on here, it says, I, we want to kind of talk about this in phases, you know, uh, from an agent perspective, from a business perspective, um, even from a marketing perspective. But an agent, you know, an agent communicates their way to the goal of an informed and happy client that closes on their home. Mm -hmm. It's a it's a communication commitment to make all that happen. Businesses communicate their vision and goals to their staff and allow for their staff to buy in to the mission of the business. 
and that creates synergy and community and culture when then there's buy-in from the staff and the only way that you get there is through communicating the goals mm-hmm. how are we going to get there and what's in it for you right mm-hmm. from a business perspective marketing is very similar marketing has a goal We're, marketing is communicating a message to gain a commitment mm-hmm. and what i what i keep saying over and over and over again is communication and the reason that i want to have this podcast and i want to hammer this home on communication today is because i don't think enough people sit back and go how can I be a better communicator? Mm-hmm. How can I be a more efficient communicator? Yeah. They, everybody says, how can I sell more houses? Yeah. How can I get more clients? How can, how I, can I do this? Yeah. And that usually leads to some, well, I got to do more of this lead generation lever. I got to do more of this. What if you need to increase your communication skills to instill more trust in the people that you already have? And that leads to more referrals and more business. Mm-hmm. What we don't do enough of in this industry is take a look in the mirror and say, what can I do to increase my skills today? What can I do to be a better professional? And usually when you ask yourself that, your, your first starting point is, how can I better communicate? It's hard. That's it why is. a lot of people don't do it. Um, and instinctively, at least it seems like it, a lot of people actually go the opposite way and think the only way I'm going to gain more respect or power or money or whatever it may be is um it's actually communicating less mm-hmm. like keep quiet stay low and let people think things about you but don't communicate it but that actually is the opposite of of what actually um will make you successful how do you expect to to gain retention from your agents if you're building a team your staff if you're building a team or any other business if you're not communicating properly if you're not telling them where the business is at, where the company's at, what the goals are, mm-hmm. how do you expect buy-in? Right, right. It doesn't make sense. So what's missing? I mean, when you look yeah. at our industry, we know. We, we look at our industry, you've got a low barrier of entry. We've got a cycle in this industry of agents coming in and agents coming out. There's massive, massive turnover in our industry. Mm-hmm. And part of that, of course, is the low barrier of entry, the setup for failure cycle that real estate really kind of perpetuates. But it's not all that. Mm-hmm. It's not all those things fault. Yeah. It's also that the people that come here, you know, there's great training, right? There's training on, on lead generation. Mm-hmm. There's training on businesses. There's training, but it's very confusing and unorganized training. And for the most part, that training doesn't focus on the fundamentals. Mm-hmm. And that's where we make the biggest impact in our business. In our yeah. industry, the fundamentals are if, when you create a mastery level understanding of some key things in our industry, you're likely going to have success. The thing is, is it takes a little time to do that. It is one of those things where you have to hold the mirror up and say, I'm responsible. And it's just easier to focus on the idea that this class or this system or this thing is going to be the easy answer. I can just pay, I can pay $500 for that and mm-hmm. my problems are going to be solved, right? That's, that's dangerous. But here's the thing. We have a lack of resources and training in these, par- in these departments. Mm-hmm. Key departments like interpersonal skills, uh, interpersonal skill development, um, what, commun- what good communication should look like. There's no real resources for that, for, for people to plug into and understand this is the professional standard in communicating in real estate. The reason for that being, and we've said it multiple times before, I know while well, I've been on the podcast and you've said it with other people on the podcast, the biggest money maker in real estate is the people that are selling things to real estate agents Mm -hmm. and selling interpersonal skills or communication um, uh, training. It's not the sexy thing. It's not the thing you can package up and sell and and tell them this is the easy button. So it's not going to sell as as hot as something This is something marketing people have known from the beginning, right? It's way easier to promise you an external 
um, solution to your problem yeah. than it is to inspire you to take an internal approach to yeah. solving your problem. Seven minute abs or six minute abs, what's, <laughs> yeah. what's better? Going with six, yeah. right, for sure. <laughs> Um, and, and, you know, so we talk about lack of resources and training in this department, but also there's a lack of oversight, auditing, and accountability mm-hmm. in this department, right? The, the industry itself really can't audit whether or not somebody's, you know, doing a good job, mm-hmm. right? There's, there's no oversight for that, which yeah. leads all of us from brokerages to teams to just, you know, our personal um, evaluation of what's, what's my standard of professionalism, mm-hmm. right? And to identify those things is very, very difficult. We can teach them, but everybody's got different opinions on what they look like. Mm-hmm. And rightfully so, because everybody's kind of found success in different ways that they've communicated. Now, some people's definition of success is also different. Yeah, absolutely. You know? um, so one person's definition of success and the communication that it takes to reach that success may look or may be inadequate to somebody else's version of success that's much, the, the, the goal is much bigger, mm-hmm. which means the communication is likely going to need to change or evolve. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, you know, we have a general lack of understanding of what professional communication should look like. Mm-hmm. Um, but well, let's talk about it just basic terms. Yeah. Well, I also just to kind of spin off what you're saying a little bit too, I think a little bit of the issue sometimes um, depending on goal, if your goal is more ego focused, maybe you're not saying that out loud, but if it's, it's if, coming across though, yeah, if it's, if it's, um, wanting to be always the superstar of the transaction, always wanting to be seen as, as the best the hero, the hero, yeah. Mm-hmm. Not being willing to, to take the blame sometimes, not being willing to, to fess up if you did something wrong, not being willing to run at the problem. Um, eventually it's going to catch up to you. Uh, even at the level of team leader, if someone's always wanting their, their employees, if they're looking at them that way, mm-hmm. or their their agents, their staff, whatever it may be, um, if they're wanting them to look at at that person like the the king of the castle, uh, they're never going to communicate properly because running a business has a lot of flaws. Running a business has a, pro- a lot of issues, and if you're not saying, "Hey, this month we're not profitable," or "This month we're we're struggling here," mm-hmm. if you're not communicating that with your people and you're always making them think you're awesome and everything's great. Eventually, when you're not when you're telling them uh, money's through the roof and you're the best person in the world and you're not also uh, spreading that wealth out a little bit mm-hmm. or or giving them raises or whatever it may be, everything will fall apart. So you have to communicate properly, whether it's good or bad, um, to either be an agent, run a business, whatever it may be. Yeah, understanding too that the results that you have in your life are likely very highly dependent on how you're communicating. There's hierarchical communication, yep. like what you're describing, that kind of like that top-down communication. It's very, it's very leader-servant mm-hmm. communication, and how you know businesses do well in in that. I, I'd make the argument that the employees or, or staff or agents or people involved aren't as happy, but mm-hmm. it works, and people prove that it works. Yeah. But the same, like, there's also collaborative environment communication, mm-hmm. right? So defining which one of those you want to be and understanding that how you communicate is going to generate a specific result or create a specific environment, mm-hmm. like that's your responsibility. Your first responsibility is going to be to that communication. Absolutely. This is the goal I have for my business. Mm-hmm. How am I going to communicate my way there? Absolutely. Yeah. So I want to talk about just some basics here because I don't think people realize that there's some there's some very, very fundamental things that you can do, some really basic stuff. And it might, you know, we talk about it and it might even put people in a, in a mood it's just like, oh, my God, that's just so simple. Um, yeah, then why don't you do it? And two, if you do it, why don't you do it every single time consistently, mm-hmm. right? Because that's what we're trying to accomplish here. But very, very simply from an agent to a client perspective, 
understanding that the clients have instant gratification in every other aspect of their life, mm -hmm. right? This is something that comes up a lot. Clients expect information and responses quickly. Mm -hmm. And then the agent says, you know, I, I want to be home. I don't want to be working past five o'clock. Like, I don't want to be accessible 24 mm seven. -hmm. You got to empathize with the situation. You have to empathize with the client and the consumer experience in real estate. And that what I'm saying is empathize. I'm not saying acquiesce to the demand. Mm -hmm. But how do you get around that? You set expectations. You set expectations. Mm -hmm. You communicate expectations. Mm -hmm. And I don't think people realize that what if, what if you just beat them to the question every day? Yeah. What if during business hours you were focused on, I'm going to over communicate with my client today. I'm going to beat them to any questions that they might have this evening mm -hmm. when I'm at home with my kid. What if you took responsibility to do that? You're going to set yourself up to have the life you want. Yeah. Um, or at the very least, you're going to take away that story, that yeah. fear that like, I don't want to be available 24 seven. Yeah. You don't have to be. Yeah. Or that, that, um, inevitable creeping in thought at 10 at night, right before you go into bed, Ah, crap, I didn't call this person. I didn't tell mm -hmm. them that. They're probably going to be so mad at me tomorrow. And then it takes you four more days to call that person. Because now you're afraid they're going to yeah, be mad it, at you. Yeah, now you're afraid. Yeah. Um, but if you just run, run at it, call them every day, do what you need to do, it at least will take away some of that stress. It'll at least take away some of the um, uncomfortable conversations you have to have. Yeah, absolutely. And, and getting into a pattern and a flow of communication within your business, especially around milestones in a business. So in real estate, we have milestones. We have, we have new client acquisition or a buyer consultation, listing consultation. And then we have, you know, showings or staging and listing. And then we have under contract. We have the, the listing part of it. Mm -hmm. We've got the transact. There's all kinds of milestones in your business. And mm -hmm. once you identify those milestones, it becomes really easy to start setting an expectation pattern mm -hmm. for the client to experience while working with you. Yeah. And a lot of times that can be automated or put into some sort of checklist that allows you to deliver quality and consistent communication ev the same way every single time, yeah. right? Yeah. Now we're getting into the idea of now you're taking communication and you're, and you're funneling it into a system or a strategy. Yeah. It took us, us years at BTG to figure that out. I mean... When, we're, when we constantly evolve it. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, and by, I mean, at BTG, I really mean you and I, when we started right. from the get-go, mm -hmm. um, really just having a basic understanding of what a, what a CRM can do, a basic understanding of what a transaction manager, a listing manager can do, um, and working through it and realizing it when you systematize communications, you actually systematize your life and you make things a whole lot easier. That being said, I know it's a whole lot easier said than done. Mm -hmm. um, systematizing communication is probably, in my opinion at least, the hardest thing um, in building a real estate business, whether you're a single agent or you're running a team mm -hmm. or a brokerage or whatever you're doing. Systematizing communication um, cannot be 100% uh, tech-enabled. It can't be 100% um, off your plate. You can't have a VA doing all of your communication. Mm -hmm. uh, we've talked about this a lot. You have to make sure your talented people stay in the face-to-face, over-the-phone communication. Mm -hmm. The rest can be systematized through technology, VAs, whatever it may be. But, um, but usually that's the thing most agents, most people want to take off their plate first because that's the hardest. It's the hardest thing, yeah. Yeah. When you have to call and explain all these bad situations or good situations or whatever it may, may be, 
negotiating a Binzer every single time. When I speak to most agents that have been doing this for a long time, they say, what's the most frustrating part about a transaction? Ugh, I just hate negotiating Binzers. It takes forever. You know what? That's the one thing that, that you're really, you really should be a part of. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's the reason you make the money you make. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, absolutely. I mean, I mean being, being able to communicate the difficult things, help people navigate the difficult things is why the money is so much better. Yeah. Right. And you want to just wipe that away. You don't want to do that because you nailed it. You don't want to do it because it's uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable and it's hard. Yeah. But but you said something, too. It's just like there's 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 things you can systematize in communication and there's things that you can't. And what you want to do is really buckle down and systematize the things that you can. Yeah. Like, what you know, helping under helping someone understand that the next the next thing that's going to happen is we're going to open escrow. What is escrow? Mm-hmm. Right. And then after that, we're going to schedule uh, photos or, you know, if it's a listing or we're going to be working on, you know, getting the inspection mm-hmm. ordered. OK, what does this mean to the client? Really basic understanding, detailed to the point. Here's what's next expectations here's what's going to happen here's while it's happening and then after it happens here's what's what's next getting into a pattern of that reduces the amount of stress it increases the the amount of systematic information a person has to review good expectations reduce stress and anxiety around the uh the the situation and therefore less phone calls at night less phone calls on the weekend yeah it takes time though and most agents don't like to take time on anything it usually doesn't it's a conflicting personality type uh, a high level sales professional and a high level detail oriented system and process builder right um doesn't mean you can't do it everyone can step out of their comfort zone for a little bit mm-hmm. in order to make their life easier um, but take the listing example. You have to now dive deeper and deeper and deeper. So you're communicating about photos. You're communicating about um, sign and lockbox. Now you also need to communicate about um, how to properly fill out the, the property disclosures. Now you need to also communicate on setting up showing times. How much advance notice do you need? Mm-hmm. Um, how do you want to be communicated with? Text, phone call, email, uh, and doing what you need to do in order to make the process once the the listing goes live and the ball starts rolling. How do you make this process as easy as possible? Mm-hmm. That being said, there's always going to be hiccups. There's always going to be things you need to communicate about, always things you need to pick up the phone, call them right away about. Um, but you can really limit the amount of things. Yeah. And I think there's there's a couple of things here because a lot of agents, a lot of people in the industry are not, they one, they either don't do a lot of business. We know that, yeah. you know, the national averages are extremely, extremely low. Mm-hmm. So if you're doing something two or three or four times a year, it's very difficult to call yourself a professional. That's a hobbyist, right? Mm-hmm. That's, like you're not engaged in enough of this thing to really create a mastery level understanding mm-hmm. of it. And listen, I don't say that to say that people who sell, you know, very few homes are bad. I'm just saying that that experience has value. And oftentimes when you're trying to create systems, especially communication systems, um, you don't have the experience to understand what this should look like. Mm-hmm. So if you're if you're new or you've been around the industry and you're one of those agents that say, oh my gosh, every client I have, they're always asking this question. And it's always at eight o'clock on a Wednesday night or on the weekend when I'm with my family. Well, listen, write down all of those questions. Yeah. Create an FAQ. Mm-hmm. Start building a system. Start building milestones. Beat the client to the question. Every one of your clients, beat them to the question, yeah. right? Because the ones that are asking you, they represent a lot more people. There's a lot of people that want to ask you that won't. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's a great place to start is just figure out what are the consistent questions that I'm getting and start addressing them with every single one of your clients. Even if you don't have the experience or the knowledge to set great expectations on mm-hmm. on, you know, all of these milestones, start somewhere. Yeah. Because now you're creating the framework 
for the communication of your business. And you're going to need that to yeah. scale your business. You're going to need it to grow. You're going to need it to sell more houses and rubber represent more clients. Mm -hmm. It's the reason why you can um, take two agents, put them side by side. One agent sells 12 homes a year and one agent sells a thousand homes a year. Um, but then you can look at their lives and it looks like they're either doing the exact same amount of work or the, the agent that's doing selling a thousand homes actually probably looks like they're doing less work. It's because they've systematized these things. They have leverage. They know mm -hmm. what they're doing and they've uh, anticipated all the issues. Whereas the agent selling 12, 12 homes a year um, is just flying by the seat of their pants and trying to keep up and uh, writing contracts at two in the morning and mm -hmm. whatever they may, may be doing. But it feels like everything's on fire all the time. Because their whole business is based on being reactive yeah. versus being proactive. Yeah. And when you graduate from being a real estate agent to a business owner, the owner of your real estate business, oftentimes what you've done is created systems or communication patterns that allow you now to go from reactive to proactive. Mm -hmm. And that's an important graduation step for people who want to do more business. Absolutely. Yeah, that, that's an interesting one. I want to talk about, too, the vacation aspect of this, because mm -hmm. we talk about the annoyances. Like, if you're going to be a busy agent, you're going to sell a lot of homes, mm -hmm. you're going to achieve your goals, um, it does get pretty rough with the with the constant engagement on the nights and on the weekends. Yeah. And we talked about communication, beating, beating the client to the question, setting good expectations can limit that, mm -hmm. eliminating that. I'll let you know if we ever get there. Yeah. You'll let me know if we ever yeah, get yeah, yeah, there. Yeah. Right? <laughs> but I want to talk vacations too because you hear this from agents too. They, I can never go on vacation. Or the fun, the fun way that they put that is if you ever need new business, go on vacation. Yeah. But the reality of it is, is like you're a business owner now, right? You're, you're not an employee. You're a business owner. So the idea of going on vacation means I need to prepare myself to go on vacation, mm -hmm. which means I'm going to need to communicate with all of my clients. I'm going on vacation. This is when I won't be available. And here who's, here's who is going to be available mm -hmm. for you. But because those conversations can be uncomfortable for agents to have because what they're what they're worried about is they're worried about the idea that the client feels like they shouldn't be on vacation yeah right well it's in how you present that mm -hmm. right it's how you communicate I'm going on vacation and you're not asking them you're, you're telling them but mm -hmm. you also have everything covered for them and you're telling them that mm -hmm. because when when they hear you're going on vacation what they what what they really hear is the selfish self-centered part of well well who's taking care of my stuff yeah like at my house like what's gonna yeah, happen how does this affect me right so tell them mm -hmm. have the solutions for them here's who's your, your point of contact is gonna be here's what's gonna happen while I'm gone here's what's gonna happen if an offer comes in mm -hmm. here's what happens if, if there's a problem a lot of that can be accomplished in a canned email because it's the same stuff every time. Yeah. So once you've created that canned email and expectation setting for your vacation and you've communicated very clearly, mm -hmm. heck, even introduce your agents, mm -hmm. or, or I'm sorry, your clients to the person that's gonna be helping them mm -hmm. when they're gone. So if you're with a team, you're probably already in a cycle of that yeah. and it makes it super, super easy. But if you're an individual agent, you've likely got peer agents that can step in and help you with the process. And then you'll return that favor when they go on vacation. Absolutely. But you don't have to be worried about this. Well, I you think just one of, have to communicate your way there. I think one of the biggest mistakes people make though, um, you, you mentioned the canned email aspect. It can all be taken care of in a canned email, but the easiest way to screw this up is if they email you and just get the canned email but didn't know you were doing this. Right. You have to communicate ahead yeah. of time. Call email call. Yeah. That's exactly. what we talk about exactly. all exactly. the time. Yeah. Um, but let them know and then say, hey, if you are if you need something, you can always email me. I'll kick back all the information. I have a canned email that'll come out to them and mm -hmm. then they'll feel confident and comfortable about it. Yeah. But if you're not letting them know uh, about any of this and then all of a sudden they get a canned email and says, I'm 
uh, in the middle of nowhere for the next seven weeks. Like all of a sudden they're going to yeah. move on to the next agent, the next agent they meet in an open house. And the very simple solution is call them and tell them what's happening. Mm-hmm. Tell them all of the solutions that you already have for their concerns because you know they're going to have them. Yeah. And then email them. Email them an email overview that you've prepared for all of your clients that explains exactly what's going to happen while you're gone. And then call them again and say, hey, I just wanted to follow up with you and check in. I know we've had a conversation. I've sent you the email. I want you to know I have everything covered. Do you have any questions, concerns, or general curiosities before I actually head out on vacation? No. You've been phenomenal. You've set great expectations. I know exactly what's going to happen while you're gone. Go have fun. But Brandon, that seems like so much work. I'm just not going to go on vacation. Yeah. Here's the thing about this. Like (laughs) that seems like so much work thing, right? It's it's because you're uncomfortable. It's not in your natural behavioral pattern. But my goodness, how many agents are working 40 hours a week? Not many. No. How many are working 20 hours a week? Legitimately working, not including going to get coffee and BSing with other agents. Mm -hmm. I mean, actually working on your business. You have time. Yeah. You have all the time to do all of this stuff. You likely just need to prioritize it mm-hmm. and take it seriously. The great thing about this kind of stuff is once you do it once, once you systematize communication, it's done. Yeah. It's you don't done. need to do it again. Yeah. You can just fill in the information, the dates for your vacation, and right. you're fine. I've had the same canned email response in my in my Gmail for I don't know nine years, and yeah. I just call Kyle. The dates. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I just changed the dates, but that's how simple it can be. Yeah. Right. That, that's how simple that whole thing can be. Yeah. Let's talk about. But oh, real quick ahead. with mm-hmm. vacations and stuff. Um, can you express the benefit of actually going on vacation, though, as someone who has gone and unplugged? Like how beneficial is that to not only your mental well-being, but your business? Yeah, I think well, that's a, that's just a phenomenal question, because I find myself doing this. I know you do, too, because mm-hmm. we, we actually have to hold each other accountable is, hey, man, like when are you going to go on vacation? Mm-hmm. Like When are you going to unplug? And, and what happens is, is if you don't do that stuff, if, you don't, if, you, if you're not feeling empowered or able to get into a cycle of unplugging on purpose, mm-hmm. you know, setting good expectations for your clients, doing it purposely, then you're going to burn out. Yeah. And, and that burnout shows up in a lot of different ways. It doesn't just show up in the traditional senses. I'm burned out. I'm done. It shows up in little self-sabotage. Yeah. On, on a daily and weekly basis, you'll start to self-sabotage. Well, and what's the, um, the thing that always gets sacrificed first when you're burnt out? Communication. Yeah, communication. Communication. Yeah. Always. You become mm-hmm. a worse communicator if you're not going to actually allow your time to allow that time in your life to recharge, mm-hmm. uh, refresh your brain, and, and get back to it. Yeah. Yeah. And that communication is usually uncomfortable, Mm -hmm. which means it's the first thing that goes right. And the same thing with lead generation. Lead generation is just another form of communication. And all those communication patterns break down when you're burned out. Now, some people say, well, I communicate. I do a good job. Are you? Are you communicating like you need to? Are you just a cheerleader? Mm -hmm. Because cheerleading is cheerleading. Or are you being reactive? Yeah. Like you're you're on the phone a lot, yeah. but you're on the phone a lot reacting to terrible situations right? because or, you haven't or, set expectations. Yeah. Or just because you're on the phone talking to somebody doesn't mm-hmm. mean that you're communicating them towards the goal. Yeah. Right. And, and that's tough. Or here's the other piece. Are you communicating with current clients or past clients? Or are you communicating with prospective new leads, prospective new clients? If you're not taking that time to communicate with everybody, mm-hmm. you're going to go in that inevitable real estate up and down yep. wave pattern. I make money here. I'm great. I don't make any money here. 
uh, oh, I have all this money. I'm going to, I'm going to book a vacation, but mm-hmm. then I don't have any money, so I can't go on vacation. Like yeah. that's not how this works. Patterns. Yeah. yeah. And that's, that's exactly what you're describing. The inconsistent patterns is what people inevitably go through before mm-hmm. they fall out of real estate. Mm-hmm. And it's because they can't be consistent in the, the multitude of communications. It's necessary to one serve or one get new clients, serve the clients you have and constantly be in a cycle of improving the communication strategies. It's you're responsible for all of it, all of it. Yeah. Let's talk about agent to agent communication. Okay. Because I see this a lot right now, and it's been coming up in masterminds, and I Talking see it down. playing out. <laughs> I see this playing out on on so many forums right now on social media, and it's really frustrating. Mm-hmm. Um, agent to agent communication is is for the most part. I, I want to be careful not to just paint with a broad brush here. But for the most part, it's terrible. Mm-hmm. And the reason it's terrible is because there's no there's no standard of communication in our industry, mm-hmm. right? So you get a lot of people leading into the conversation with their ego or their arrogance, mm-hmm. or or you have somebody that believes a, it should go this way, and another agent's not performing up to the the perceived standards of the other agent, and and we just get into this bickering back and forth about this agent doesn't do this, and this person's unprofessional, and you're you're going on forums and you're posting it on the forum, and this happened, and this agent, and then all the people jump and go, yeah, screw that agent. Mm-hmm. That agent's terrible, blah, blah, blah. And you're just like, you're doing what negativity does, which is let's recruit more negativity. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's, you know, let's, Im- let's verify that I'm right. Mm-hmm. And it's such a waste of time what? in our industry. It's let's call it what it is. They're uh, coming from a place of victimhood. Yeah. They're coming from a place where they think something happened to them. Yeah. It's like you, you probably didn't communicate probably either because you can always, if you're, if you're always level-headed, if you're, you're willing to listen, even when people are talking down to you, and then just rebuke what they're saying and, and have an honest conversation or call out the elephant in the room and be like, hey, um, it sounds like you're, you're a little frustrated with me. All I'm trying to do is, is have an open and honest conversation with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, remember, we're just the messengers here. Uh, let's communicate properly and let's negotiate the best deal that's a win-win for both sides. Yeah. If you're willing to do that, if you're willing to stop people and not go down that negative path, you're going to have a much more successful and easy career. Mm-hmm. The hard part there, though, is when like the victim part that you're talking about yeah. is very simple is, well, I called and I was professional and I kept an even and he or she responded negatively and I had to put them in their place. Yeah. Like, OK. Yeah. Yeah, like, like you realize Good how for detrimental you. that yeah. is. Like, what is that? What? Why does e- any of that matter? One, you have to assume, you have to know, the barrier of entry in real estate is very, very low. The amount of people that you're interacting with on a daily basis have very, very little experience when it comes to just really the nuances and all the details of how this should go. What is the most effective way to communicate? But or they negotiate? read the art of the deal. Yeah, yeah. I, read, I read the book. You know, I watched. I watched the movie. But the reality of it is, is you have to accept going into those situations that it is not your job to course correct every single agent that has a different approach than you. Your job is to help your client navigate the nuances of the relationships that you're going to be working in and help them navigate that to a successful close of escrow. Mm-hmm. And nowhere in your fiduciary does it say, you've got to put that other agent in his place or her place, and mm-hmm. you've got to tell them when they're wrong and then go tell everybody else. And it's a terrible use of your energy. It's also the best way to put the agent in their place is to not go down that rabbit hole. Mm-hmm. If if an agent starts trying to get negative or, or uh, combative with you and you go, okay, well, um, 
Sounds like our conversation's done here. Uh, let me know if, if anything should change. Mm-hmm. What's that agent going to do? I mean, sometimes they're just yeah. bad people, and they're going to they're gonna think they put them in the place. But a lot of times they're going to go, oh, I sounded like an idiot. Like, right. why did I do that? Right. And, and if when you don't participate in the emotion, because that's what, really what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. We're talking about ego and emotion interjecting itself into a communication strategy and mucking it all up. Mm-hmm. I said mucking with an M. Yeah, sure. Right. Uh-huh. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. But that, I heard what I heard. <laughs> yeah. But that's that's what happens there. In in that that actually, I feel, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel through my own experience, the majority of that particular circumstance actually comes from agents who have been in the business for a little for quite some time, maybe have even done a good deal of business and are angry and jaded by the lack of professionalism. And instead of upholding and embodying the professionalism, they're mad. And they just project that anger back down onto the, you know, all of these agents that are screwing up our industry. Yeah, but when you've been through it enough times, is it worth it to go down the path because you're angry because, I don't know, um, a buyer lost their job right before closing and now your your listing has to go back on the market? Like, is it worth it going down a path? This is an issue that everyone's upset about. No one's happy about. So you're going to now yell at the agent or yell at the lender or yell at whoever because you're angry because you already spent that commission check? No, you just have to be level-headed because when you call your client and you're level-headed and explain to them, hey, it's a terrible situation, but the buyer's upset, the agent's upset, the lender's, everyone's upset. Unfortunately, though, we can't do anything about it. Uh, That now puts you in the position to always remain the guiding light for your client and for them to be comfortable going Mm -hmm. back on the market with you. It's how you talk them back into getting their feet back in the water after they were burned so bad. Mm -hmm. Um, Whereas if you're angry and then you call your client up and go this, asshole lost his job and blah, blah, blah. It's like, what's that going to get you? The the client's now just going to go, I don't want to list my house anymore. This seems too difficult. Yeah. You've said um, a word a couple of times and it just triggered asshole. me and it's Sorry. guide. <laughs> no, not that one. Now you've said that one a couple of times. I apologize. But you've said guide a couple of times. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's very, very important for people to understand that as real estate agents, we're professional guides. Our client is the hero. Mm-hmm. Our client is the hero, not mm-hmm. us. Mm-hmm. We're the guide in the situation. We're the Sherpa. Yeah, we're eh? the Sherpa. I love <laughs> it. So what what happens is there's a there's a there's a psychological aspect of this is when you as an agent make yourself the victim in that circumstance, right? You're calling title and the cross agent, rah rah rah, and I, and you're making yourself out to be the victim, and then because you're so insecure with the situation and the reality of the situation. And the fact that this is what real estate is, this is a part of what we do every day. Mm -hmm. Then you call your client and you say, we're the victim and this happened and they did it to us and it's us versus them. And that instills the thought process into the client that, yeah, you're right. We are the victims. And now you have facilitated and perpetuated so much emotional Mm -hmm. nonsense into what should have been a professional communication process. Yeah. And part of the process is and always will be handling difficult situations, negotiations, and people in a diplomatic, professional, and emotionally neutral way. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Here's the authentic part of the podcast, too. Uh, I can say, um, honestly, that I think you and I both um, went through a period of time where we've experienced all sides of it. We've been, or I, I can say I've been, um, that agent who's been upset because a deal's falling through right at the end, and I've yelled at people, and I've I've played the victim card, mm-hmm. um, and 
the result was always 100% of the time the deal falling out and a little rift between me and my client because I was more emotional than they were about the thing. Or even when it closed, mm-hmm. it created rifts between the client, you, yep. and the cross and the lender. Yep. And now, like, now everybody's mad at everybody. But I think um, both you and I learned that being this level-headed person and, and um, being fair and just and honest and, and, and level-headed throughout all of this actually resulted in the deals closing more. So even it, when I was in the situation where I needed every deal to close, where I needed that money to pay for whatever, uh, for, for bills, to survive, for gas, to show more clients, um, even if a deal fell was about to fall apart and I remained level-headed, there was still a little bit of hope that I could keep that deal together. And it actually ended up working, which then empowered me to go, okay, I need to communicate better. I need to be level-headed. I need to be calm because then at least I have a chance of keeping this thing together. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I just go straight to victimhood, straight to anger, it's always going to fall apart. You know, I remember one of my first deals in real estate. Um, I, you know, clearly I, I was highly emotional around the deal because, mm-hmm. like most people, when you get into real estate, you were sleeping in a um, camping chair in the in a <laughs> that that yeah. was actually real. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, life wasn't where I needed to needed it to be, and I was right on the fringe, and I was I was struggling to make ends meet, and I had this deal out in Gilbert, and um, it was like three hundred and thirty thousand, which, by the way, in two thousand and ten, that's like the equivalent of one point two. That was a big sale in 2010. I mean, especially in the Phoenix area. If you're not in the Phoenix area, 2010 was, you know, we were in the height of REO and short sale and you could just be gobbling up homes all day from 78 to 110,000. And we were hustling and selling as many of those as we can to keep, to make ends meet. But this was a big deal and I really needed this um, commission. Not so much where I was willing to sacrifice, sacrifice my fiduciary, but I remember like really needing to fight for my client and I was getting emotional because obviously my client wanted the home um, and I didn't have necessarily the experience to navigate that situation in the best way possible, but the cross agent did me such a solid. The cross agent, I wish I I could go back and find out who this was, but I remember talking to him on the phone and we had a problem to solve and he just said, hey Brandon, look, I've been doing this for a long time. These things have a tendency to work out. We just have to remain calm in the process and communicate effectively with our clients. Mm -hmm. And ultimately, you know, if we can cut out all of this, then everybody's gonna see the situation, you know, for what it is, the facts of the situation, and they'll evaluate whether or not this is what they want to do, and they will decide. And I thought, wow, and I took that advice, and I took that, I mean, what he did in that moment was he gave his calm, professional energy to me. I'm picturing it being said in like Morgan Freeman's voice right now. <laughs> that would make the story way better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but he gave that calm energy to me and through explaining it to me in a very respect, mm-hmm. he could have tore me apart. I yeah, was a brand absolutely. new agent. He could have taken that route. But what he did is he taught me through action in that moment. Mm-hmm. And I took what I learned in that moment and applied it to my client. Mm-hmm. And we ended up closing and we had a not like I have a, we had a happy client, we had a great transaction with closing and I ended ended up feeling like, man, I really did the right thing. Mm-hmm. Now to flip that, I was uh, we I've been in multiple conversations throughout the years, early in my career and later in my career with agents who have been in the same situation and said, in my 20 years of doing business, <laughs> I have never seen this. Really, you've never seen 15 offers on a house, 10 grand over listing price and the fact that the seller won't fix anything on the binzer 
because they have the negotiating leverage. You've never seen that before. Well, it's because and, in their 15 years, they've sold six houses. <laughs> right. Um, but they use that. They use whatever, the timing or how mm-hmm. many houses they've sold to, to like position, hierarchical position mm-hmm. their their you know, they're better than you in some way. And they miss the opportunity to improve their own, their whole, the whole industry itself. They miss an opportunity to improve the industry by leading by example and instead get caught up in their arrogance and ego in the process. Well, rule of thumb, if you find yourself bragging in a conversation with another agent during negotiations, you're doing it wrong. Yeah. Like take take that out of it. You don't need to brag yeah. about anything. There's there's no there's no point in that. But no, every but, house, every sale is a unique beast. Yeah, and and we do. A, there's a lot of that in our industry. There's a lot of bragging, a lot of arrogance, a lot of stage talk, and there you know that's that's part of our the cycle of our industry. Um, let's talk about that business to business, leader to leader, like successful agent to successful agent, because it happens at that level too. Mm-hmm. But let's talk about from a business perspective, like. Goal-focused communication inside of a business is different. It does look different when you're leading other leaders, when you're leading other successful people. Those successful people have egos. They have, you know, they have specific things that they believe make them great, and that's why their business is great. You got to communicate differently at that level too. Yeah, I mean, no one wants to be talked down to, but especially those people don't want to be yeah. talked down to. That's a huge thing: is no one wants to be talked down to, mm. right? And when you're a leader, your communication should be committed to the goal. Mm-hmm. And when you're talking down to somebody, you immediately, you immediately are saying, "I am now willing to not communicate to the goal mm-hmm. because I just want you to know that I'm up here." and you're down here. Even if I'm up here at level 10 and you're down here at level nine, for some reason people are just so committed to the idea of, yeah, but I'm at 10 and you're at nine, mm-hmm. right? And they, they just communicate that way. Whereas if you can communicate towards a goal, get everybody working in synergy, understand and empathize with the fact that this person over here has a different behavioral style than me, as does this person, as does this person from the group. And what we're gonna need to do is communicate in a foundational, clear and detailed way with updates so that everybody's understanding what we're doing, why we're doing it, and what's in it for them. Mm-hmm. The moment you stop communicating, especially with leaders and people with ego, mm-hmm. what happens is, is they go, well, why am I not being communicated with? Mm-hmm. Because I'm so special, mm-hmm. right? I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm here, I've done this. Mm-hmm. And that's part of this. And understanding as the leader of those leaders, understanding that, listen, I'm gonna need to communicate and make these people feel aware. Mm-hmm. And most of the time, because they deserve to be. Yeah. Because they're yeah, part yeah. of this deal. Absolutely. And this isn't a thing where just everyone's coming along for the ride with you. Is You may be the driver or the leader of these leaders, but what happens is, is you've gotta create a collaborative environment where people's ideas are heard where they're communicated with the way that they feel like they should be communicated with. Mm-hmm. And the value in doing that is you keep everybody moving towards the goal together. Yeah. And yeah. then if somebody comes in and interjects and is just having a hard time with it, probably understand they're really uncomfortable being around other leaders because mm-hmm. they're used to being the man in their environment mm-hmm. or the woman in their environment all the time. The person. And now yeah. that they're more on an equal playing field, mm-hmm. they're intimidated and uncomfortable with it. And something called self-sabotage or success yeah. suicide creeps in and they will do things. They will act out mm-hmm. to to actually give themselves an out. Well, I think and you got to just let that happen. It's important to note that successful and proper communication doesn't work 100% of the time. Right. And it doesn't work 100% of the time because not everyone is willing or open to listening. Good communication is as much about the expect the processes that we've talked about mm-hmm. as it is about understanding 
how the other person wants to be communicated mm-hmm. with, understanding their behavioral styles. We talk about this in our business all the time, the behavioral profiles exist. Mm-hmm. Behavioral profiles exist for the sole purpose of helping you understand how to communicate most effectively with them. Mm-hmm. And we talk about in this business all the time, um, from a business perspective, we, we want the agents to learn how to most effectively learn the leverage of the company because the leverage of the company gives us the ability to scale the, the growth of the company, in turn offering more opportunities to the people in it. But what happens sometimes is the agent wants the company to bend to the way they do business. Mm-hmm. And that's like, that's detrimental for everybody. Well, that's where we get into systems, processes, scalability. I mean, that's, that's what's most important mm-hmm. for the whole. Um, what's most beneficial for the group uh, when you're building a team, when you're building a business, you always have to focus on that too. Because if you're always being uh, reactive to that one agent, now you're going down that same path of the agent uh, who's handling transactions but always being reactive. Mm-hmm. You're always going to screw things up. So you always have to make sure that you're doing whatever possible to appease, to to um, acquiesce to the group. Mm-hmm. What does the group want? What does the majority of need. people need? Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, not what does this one person want? Yeah. It's also really important at that point to teach your people, to train your people on how to properly use their leverage. Mm-hmm. If they don't know how to properly use their leverage, if they don't know how to properly use their communication platforms, technology, um, all of those things that will make their life easier, not, um, not make their, their jobs um, unnecessary. Mm -hmm. It just makes their life easier. But if they don't know how to properly use it, it ends up being more work for them. And they'll feel like it's, it's uh, not leveraging them. It's, they'll feel like it's not helping them and it's not what, what they thought it was going to be. But Mm -hmm. in reality, it's like, well, let's just tweak this a little bit. Let's see what you're doing. And I bet if we do it properly, it'll work the way you need it to work. But you might have to step out of your comfort zone and relearn a few things. Yeah. A lot of what that is is needs versus wants, right? There, mm-hmm. w- there's fundamental things that agents need in the leverage department to achieve, mm-hmm. but but those needs are often not what they want mm-hmm. because inherently what we want is we want our jobs to be easier. We want to mm-hmm. give up the, the most difficult, most uncomfortable parts of our jobs yeah. to somebody so that it can be easier. We the, all want to make a lot of money yeah, and not do anything. Not do the hard I mean, stuff. Yeah, that'd yeah. be great. You make the big money because you do the hard stuff. Mm-hmm. And the hard stuff is usually the communication. It's the handling of all of this communication. It's mm-hmm. being effective and professional in this area yeah. and, and, and understanding that that's the part that I'm going to have to get good at, build my skills at. That's the part that I'm going to need to commit to. And I'm likely going to be leveraging the majority of the money mundane task, easy stuff, but that gobbles up all of my time. Well, if you're not willing to do the hard stuff, eventually the person doing the hard stuff is going to go, I don't need you anymore. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And they should. Yeah. Um, Before we wrap this up, I Mm want to talk about people understanding, you know, communication through the victim lens um, without knowing it. Mm -hmm. And a lot of that communication, you know, oh, well, I'm not negative or, or listen, there's, there's a lot of ways that you can communicate poorly or ineffectively through being facetious, Mm -hmm. right? Through backhanded comments. Mm -hmm. And you think that people don't pick up on those things. Mm -hmm. Um, They do. Mm -hmm. We do. I do. I pick up on those things. And you bring it back to me and you go, that person is real. (laughs) But see, this is a very real thing is just because you're hiding behind the veil of comedy Mm -hmm. or you're hiding behind the veil of facetious little backhanded comments, the results are the same. Mm -hmm. It's that's victim communication. It may not be outwardly, you know, 
you know, pompous and arrogant, Mm -hmm. but it is victim communication. Mm -hmm. And I see that so much Mm -hmm. because, because most people aren't that high D driver. They're going to come right at you with some, some sort of negativity. Although you do see that what we see most common is more of the high I version of this, which is using comedy or backhanded comments, being facetious about things. But understand that when, when that's the pattern that you're using, that's that communication style is as, 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 as ineffective as anything else because what you're doing is you're redirecting the goal of the conversation. Yeah. In my opinion, I have a goal of conversation sometimes. Now, I, there, I fail at this too, right? Mm-hmm. There, this is not perfection that we're talking about today. Mm-hmm. This is awareness and work. And we work on it mm-hmm. constantly. And every you were joking before, it's like we got really good at doing this at work before we got too good at doing it at home. Yeah, right? yeah. Ask my wife. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But 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 that's that's what happens here is just like you've got to take responsibility to understand that the moment you enter into that, you have now redirected the conversation. And you you've just redirected it to negativity mm-hmm. or you've interjected negative emotions into the conversation. Mm-hmm. Why? Because it's not going to get you to the end goal. It's your ego saying, I want this person to get a jab. I want to jab them. Yeah. Right. The reality of it is this person is just going to move on with their life. They're going to keep pursuing the goal and you're going to c- continue to think that you're winning through giving the jab. Yeah. That's not the goal. The goal isn't for you to win the argument, win the day, win the conversation, win the whatever. Well, you got to get out of that. The real goal is just to try and make someone feel bad. Right. Which is a really crappy goal. Yeah. Um, it's the equivalent of like someone saying something mean in text and then putting a cry face, laughy face afterwards. Right. Like it's yeah. like that's just that's just petty. Ha and, ha JK LOL. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> no, you just were really you look really bad today, JK LOL, ha right. ha. It's like, no, that doesn't yeah. make someone feel good. Don't do that. Communicate properly. And if you want to come from a place of love and contribution, do that. Even if it's something negative, mm-hmm. just talk to them. Yeah. And be honest and, and don't be rude. Don't say things that are conditions people can't change. Say things like, hey, I, as someone who cares about you, I want to help you on this. And I think we can help you improve on X, Y, Z. I, can, I think we can help you improve in your communication style. Let's work on it. Let's practice it together. Mm-hmm. That's not mean. What's mean is you're really bad at communicating with people. Haha. Right. Like that's Ha-ha. not. Yeah. What? Yeah. You're not providing any solution. You're not providing any help. You're not caring about this person. You're just being mean. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so but you're doing do it. But you're doing it under the guise of comedy. So yeah. that makes it okay, Kyle. Yeah. You didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> I think uh, you know. And before we wrap this up, I just really want people to understand that you have a goal in your communication. You you have a goal when you're when you're working. What you might have a, a goal in your communication at home with your wife or with your kids, with your employees, with your clients, whatever that is. The communication pattern. The, like what you're committed to in communicating should be communication towards the goal. Mm-hmm. And this victim lens thing is very, very dangerous because your, le- your, your arrogance, your ego is leading the conversation. It's leading the communication. And your ego wants to win. It wants to make it about you. It wants to make you the hero. You're not the hero. You're the guide. And you have to understand that your communication should guide everybody towards the goal Mm -hmm. and when you start to do that when you start to take responsibility for that like for example if 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 i'm if i'm mad at somebody um what's my goal is my goal to repair this relationship Mm -hmm. then my communication should be hyper focused on repair the relationship because that's my goal but what happens is our ego says well wait a minute i want to i want to dig them a few times Mm -hmm. i want to punish them a few times i want to you know i want them to and then if they 
um, it, then when they come begging me for my friendship, then then we'll be positive again. Mm-hmm. That's nonsense. No, you should. If that's the situation, if it's important to you, yeah, stay focused on the goal. Yeah, repair the relationship, or if it's not important to you, mm-hmm. instead of being mean to that person and trying to make them feel bad, because that's not going to help anyone, and it's mm-hmm. only going to dig that hole deeper for you. Just cut them out of your life. You don't have yeah. to deal with those people. Well, you know, I do that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, I, We've seen that a million times. Yeah. And, and listen, I do that because <clears throat> I'm, I'm sensitive to energy and I ha- like, I'm, I'm not good at managing a ton of relationships at one time. So mm-hmm. it's very, very important to me that the relationships that I that do interject into my personal life add good energy to me. Yeah. That there's not a lot of facetious nonsense, that there's no negativity. Like mm-hmm. I don't really spend a lot of time with negative people and mm-hmm. it's not because I don't like them. I understand them. I empathize with their situation. Like they're, they're struggling with something and they're, they're manifesting it in an unhealthy way. But what it does is it it actually steals my energy. It doesn't it mean me you're not bad. willing to work through negativity. Though. Correct. Absolutely. Because you, I see you do it all the time. Mm-hmm. If someone's going through something rough, you're willing to help them. And you're I'll, willing try, to guide. I'll try one, two, even three times. Mm-hmm. But when the, when, the, when the pattern doesn't correct yeah. or they're not coming along with me, like I, I, I cut them off. And it's not the cutoff isn't like me being – it's not personal. Yeah. It's I'm protecting myself. Yeah. I'm, you know, you see this written all over in books and gurus and everything. It's just control your circle. You are the people you surround yourself. You are you are the conversations that you have with other people. So mm-hmm. if you're constantly engaged in negative conversations, negative stuff, victim mentalities, all of that kind of stuff, you in turn are going to internalize that. You're going to feel that and you're going to start to realize that that's all you're talking about. Well, the easiest way to become negative is to surround yourself with negative people. Yeah. The easiest way to become successful is to surround yourself with successful people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's the best way to help your mindset? Surround yourself with people who value that that mindset, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, they'll help pull you out of it. They'll help you. They'll yeah. help you. They're not going to solve the problem for you. But if you have people that are willing to work through things mm-hmm. uh, with you, then you're surrounded by great people. But if you're willing, if you're around people that are willing to go down that path of negativity with you and just right. dwell in the in the garbage, then they're not the right fit to get you out of it if that's your goal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we'll leave you with this authentic agent listeners. Um, someone, someone once told me in, in real estate and told you, and I mean, this isn't a, this isn't a saying that's unknown, but they told us lead generation solves all problems in real estate. Um, in in life, in in life. life. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's some truth to that. Um, I would also say communication solves all problems because you, me, we, can control the the communication pattern to the goal. Mm-hmm. We can remain committed to the goal by making sure our communication supports only the goal. Mm-hmm. And when we do that, we, we, we get rid of our emotions. Doesn't mean that we don't have the emotions, right? Like sometimes I'll be like, oh, really angry. And then I'll calm down and be like, yeah, but it's so irrelevant. Like yeah. the goal, accomplishing this goal would be so much better. What happens when we're there? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's way better. All right, let me just keep focused on that. Mm-hmm. Stay out of this negative stuff. Right. So communication can solve a lot of problems in your life. And you got to be willing to be the one that's uncomfortable a lot of times and be the one that's willing to communicate. And yes, sometimes the other person's not going to come along for you on that journey. Yeah. Um, But show them the way. Yeah. If you find yourself hiding. Yeah. um, Think, is there a way to communicate myself out of this? Yeah. And this isn't about being perfect. I'm not perfect. Nobody's perfect in this department. But being self-aware enough to understand the value of it Mm -hmm. is the first step. And that's all we're in is we're just in our steps of understanding the value of communication and owning the responsibility to creating positive communication that leads us to a positive goal. Nice. That being said. 
Kyle, thanks for your return to The Authentic Agent. You'll be yeah. back in two weeks when we talk about failure and growth and, and my story. But next yeah. week, tune in. We're having Jeremy Clevin from My Home Group. And we're going to be talking about some brokerages, some real estate industry stuff. Um, and that one's going to be an exciting conversation. I'm looking forward to having that. So thank you, everybody, for tuning in to The Authentic Agent podcast today. And we will look forward to seeing you next week. Bye-bye.